All right, all right, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Praise God. We're going to make our ways in here and get this evening started. We are going to have an awesome time in the presence of God and studying God's Word tonight. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together, and we're going to start things off just like we always do, by speaking some faith over the United States of America, and we are going to continue to boldly proclaim that America is coming to Jesus. Can I get an amen tonight? All right, let's go. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Give Jesus a shout of praise and you may be seated. Okay. Well, we got... Some announcements to go through here. Uh, of course, got some really exciting things coming up, and we want to we want to cover those. And we remind you, if you're receiving healing or have something going on, let us know so we can be uh, praying over you and speaking words of faith. And we'll see you uh, make it all the way through that. And we just want to be here for you. Amen. All right. So uh, first of all, uh, we have coming up in just a few short days the. HGWC Family Pool Party. Yes, Lord. So that's going to be on Monday. We've rented the entire pool, so it's just going to be us there. A big family pool party uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, the church is going to provide ice cream. So we're going to have ice cream sandwiches and all sorts of stuff. And we're just asking if you could maybe bring some drinks, you know, for you and your family and to share with some others. Uh, the space is limited, as we've said, so you've got to register so we can, you know, know how many people are going to be there. Uh, if you go to the info booth, there's a invitation card there and it has a QR code. You can scan that and it'll take you right uh, to where you need to go for registering. All right. So let's make sure we do that. And it is going to be super fun. Also, we have the men's meeting coming up in just a couple weeks here. All right. On Saturday, the 6th. And it looks like a lot of the guys get to go on the fishing trip on Monday and have a really great time. We won't talk about how many fish were actually caught. Let's just say there were more men from Barstow there than there were fish that day. Amen. But it's okay. Hey, you know, hey, it's all about the fun. Amen. All right, but anyway, men, that's coming up on the 6th. And also the Children's Church Promotion Sunday service is coming up uh, on August the 7th, all right? And that's where all the kids that are maybe uh, graduating out of the nursery into Jam Junior or from Jam Junior up to Jam or even going up into youth group, uh, we promote them that day to their new class. And it's also a back to school bash, uh, cause a lot of the, you know, all the school districts start at different times now, but a lot of the Barstow kids are starting that week. So anyway, uh, we want to make sure that they have a great party and get prayed over before they head into the new school year. Who thinks that's important that we lay hands on the kids and the teachers? Amen. And we send them in there with the anointing of God and their faith strengthened. All right. And also last, Certainly not least, but here's the best announcement of all, and it's this, is that uh, we are starting the Harvest Fest Planning uh, Committee's people group. Yeah. 
And so uh, we are super excited about that. Uh, we're getting the plans together, uh, and that's obviously going to be in October. We don't have the date set yet. But if you are interested in getting in on the planning stages of this, we want to pass this sign-up sheet around so if I could have uh, somebody get this circulating. And um, I know that they're going to be looking at having a meeting here uh, within the next week or two to kind of get things rolling. So, you know, this is if you want to uh, help out uh, with the planning and organizing and getting it together. Now, for the event itself, we need obviously like a lot of volunteers, about a hundred or more maybe, I don't know. But if you want to help plan it out and get it going, then we want you to sign up and help us out with that. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time. And we are happy because we are cheerful givers. Amen. All right. I'll have Pastor go ahead and do the Tithes and offerings. Happy, happy, happy. A lot of happy. Hey, Amen. Are, are you happy out there in uh, social media land? <laughs> All right. If you need an envelope for your tithes, your offerings in here, then hold up your hand and open to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse 29 to 32. I'll give you a chance to get there. It's always so good to look at the Word of God with your own eyes. How, how many love your Bible? How many believe it's God talking to you? And Jesus talking to you? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I got more confidence in what Jesus has to say than what the best uh, financial news person, financial analyst in this whole country could say. Jesus knows more than they know. He can do more than they can do. And my confidence is in him. Luke chapter 12, verse 29. Jesus said, Seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. That means don't be worried. He says, Don't be putting first what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. What a statement. Think about that. Wherever you are right now, uh, your father knows how much gas costs in California. Your father knows how much bacon costs. He knows how much school things cost if you got kids in school. He knows what things cost, says your father knoweth that you have need of these things. But he says, but rather, seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be subtracted from you. Well, that 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 that, that was the uh, RV translation I just read. Sorry, go get the right page. What's the RV? That's the religious version. Religious version says, uh, if you give anything to the church, then things will be subtracted from you. But it says your father said things will be added. How many think that Jesus? knows the difference between addition and subtraction. You think he meant to say subtraction on that? He said addition. He said, he didn't say don't go to work, don't do what you got to do on your end. He said just don't make that your priority. He said you put God first. Amen. Go to church, pay your tithes, do things for the kingdom of God first of all, and then he said all these things shall be added unto you. I'll tell you what, I, I, I think about young families today with all the things going on. 
And I think about back when Mrs. Pastor and I were raising eight kids, back we call it the poor days. And I think about back then how God supplied for us the things we went through. Can you believe we actually had chickens, our own chickens, took care of our own eggs, and tried to sell tried to sell eggs to people. Didn't sell very many, but we had the egg sign out and and different things like that. We did everything we could to make things work. And I think, and by the way, back then the government wasn't anybody's sugar daddy. The government didn't do that much of helping people. You did it yourself, you didn't get it. And so back in those days, we made it. And I think about today. You know, there's so many free stuff a lot of people get, but I think about the young families. I think about the young families and the kids and things, things they're going through. I think, man, if they would just listen to Jesus, if they just do what Jesus said, put him first, and said, God will add the stuff. But here's the verse I want to get to. I thought about this one quite a bit today for, for the offering tonight. Verse 32, this is so good. Fear not, little flock. That's pretty good words right there. Fear not, little flock. We're his sheep. He's our shepherd. He says, for it is your father's good pleasure, your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give us what we need. Anybody ever eat at Carl's? You know they're saying down there, that's my pleasure. That's my, you need anything else over here? That's my pleasure. My pleasure. Well, God says, hey, put me first. That doesn't make any difference how hard you're being hit or what the attack is. He says, it's my good pleasure. It's my good pleasure to give you that. It's my pleasure to take care of your kids. It's my pleasure to take care of your lights. It's my pleasure to make sure you got gas in your car. That's what God said. And so let's just always keep that, keep that in mind as we hear bad reports or good reports. Let's just always think about verses like that, that the Father gets pleasure when our needs are met abundantly. It's His good pleasure. All right, let's stand up, make our financial faith confession, break our ties and offers up to the altar, worship Jesus, and Pastor Dave's going to feed the sheep tonight. Amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increases. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give justly to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Worship our King. Come, let it bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, evil of heaven, you conquered the grave. 
you free every cut and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken to life. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great things.
worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. See it, you're working. Even when. 
promise keeper, Lord. You don't lie to us. You always keep your word. And we thank you, Jesus, for who you are. And Lord, we want to glorify you tonight. We want to lift your name high. You said that if you'd be lifted up from the earth, you would draw all men unto you. And so, Jesus, we lift you up tonight. We glorify you. And we ask that you would have your way in our midst, have your way in this service. Speak to us, Lord. And we thank you that the truth when we know it, it shall set us free. We love you and praise you tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise together this evening? Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Who knows that much? And I, yeah, I don't know everything there is to know, but I do know this. God is good and his mercy endures forever and ever. And I'm just, I'm, I love the Lord so much and I know you do too. All right, well, we're going to get into the Word tonight, and uh, who knows what we've been studying on Wednesday nights all summer long. The Psalms. We've been doing a Summer in the Psalms series, and uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just loving it because I love the book of Psalms so much, and uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's the longest book in the Bible, just a little bit of review, and, but there's so much incredible uh, just, I don't know, I, I love the praise in there. I, I love how King David and the other writers, you know, they express uh, oftentimes in their, their emotions, but it all comes back to looking to the Lord as our source of help. And, and so the Psalms is incredible. And tonight we're actually going to be in my favorite psalm. My fa- and you're like, you have a favorite? I've got a favorite psalm. And I would go ahead and say that I've read this chapter more than any other chapter in the Bible. And my favorite psalm is Psalm 34. Can we go to Psalm 34 tonight? Amen. And this psalm 
I mean, my gosh, I, I, I'm only going to be able to read a few verses tonight because I know that if I just get going, we'll be here till next weekend or something. I mean, maybe, maybe till Harvest Fest. We could just stay here till Harvest Fest talking about Psalm 34. But Psalm 34 is incredible to me, um, and, and it, it's brought me through more difficult times than I can count in my life. I, I've never, uh, I mean, I, 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 this is one of my go-to chapters and one of my go-to passages of scripture. I have several, but I would put it this way, that Psalm 34 is on speed dial for me, and, uh, and I just, my Bible falls right open to it uh, when I open my Bible. But Psalm 34 is incredible because David wrote it, and when he was going through a very bad situation, and I'm going to show you that situation later on in 1 Samuel, but David was in such a bad spot. He was being hunted down by bad people. He had to uh, pretend like he was uh, a crazy man. And so he, he was pulling on his beard and drooling on himself. You know, it's just a bad spot that David was in. And after he makes it through, he writes this incredible psalm, and it covers so many things all in one beautiful chapter. But I'm going to look at, I'm going to break it down into kind of two topics tonight on this. And trust me, we will be revisiting Psalm 34 over the next, over the next little while. But uh, Psalm 34, I'm going to start off by reading the first three verses, and we're going to discover that. But I guess I'll tell you point number one, first of all, and it's this. Uh, regarding uh, Psalm 34, it's that praise is a key piece of the puzzle. And David covers several, what I would call, key pieces of the puzzle in Psalm 34 that are so important for you getting the big picture of your victory. And I know if you've lived your life very long at all, you can maybe look back on different things you've been through and seen, oh, wait, this happened, this was a, a piece of the puzzle, and you couldn't see it at the time. Anybody in here like doing puzzles? Good for you. I hate puzzles. I, I stink at them. But, in fact, my son, my five-year-old's better than me, um, but we've got this big floor puzzle, and it's like these giant pieces that are like, you know, the size of dinner plates. I can handle that one because it's about 34 pieces, and so uh, Sam can do it quicker than I can, but at the same time, it, I, I do respect puzzles because as you start to put the pieces together, you eventually see like, oh, wait, something good's happening here. I, I was confused when I was just trying to figure it out. But as you start to put piece by piece together, you start to see a little bit more of the picture. And then when it's all over with, you're like, wow, this turned out to be something really really good. And I'm glad I didn't give up out of frustration. I'm glad I didn't, you know, get mad and stomp off. I'm glad I kept doing it. And so there's several, what I would call pieces of the puzzle that King David discusses in Psalm 34 for his victory in a very bad situation. And the first thing that he, that he kind of goes over is praise. And so number one, praise is a key piece of the puzzle. And now we're going to look at the first three verses of the beautiful Psalm 34. Let's do this, all right? It says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. And I mean, that is something that we know David was all about, as we're going to see. But David was always speaking God's praises. Do you know anybody like that? That they're just always praising the Lord. And that is a victorious person, I'll tell you that right now. But look at verse 2. He says, I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Is there? Have you ever been in a situation where you felt helpless? 
You felt hopeless? Well, I'm telling you, take heart. You can take heart. And also David says, I will boast only in the Lord. Now, David, he probably had some things that somebody could look at his life and say, well, there's a guy that could boast. Uh, I mean, he, he had conquered enemies. He had just made it through a really weird and bizarre situation. Uh, but, but David says, no, 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 no. I will boast only in the Lord my God. And I'm telling you, that better be your attitude if you want to keep those blessings that you've got. Don't you for one minute start bragging about how much money you make and, and how the nice things you've got. No, you better boast only in the Lord your God. Because you need to know, as David said, that every good thing that I have comes from the Lord. And you may think, no, they, they come from my job. That's where they come from. They come from how smart I am. They come from how hard I've worked. Those are all wonderful things. But you couldn't work hard if God didn't put breath in your lungs. Amen? You, could, you couldn't get anywhere if he hadn't put a brain in your head. And, and so I'm telling you, David had it right. He said, he's praising God. He says, I will boast only in the Lord my God. Let all who are helpless take heart. Verse 3, come. Let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. And so what we're going to do is look for a few minutes here at this angle of praise that David was reflecting and approaching upon in his situation. And so you better know that David was a praiser. He was a worshiper, he, but he was, he was a praiser, and there is a difference, and I'll explain that in a few minutes. But I, I love how in verse 1 he says, I will praise the Lord at all times. What does all times mean? Well, that means the good times, and it also means the bad times, right? And I found that, you know, sometimes it's easy to praise God in the good times, right? Because, hey, you got what you want. But <clears throat> for some people, it's more difficult to praise God. In the bad times, <clears throat> I'm going to get a drink of water. But I will tell you this much. Who thinks that Pastor Dave should get a drink of water so I don't sound weird? Huh. I'll praise the Lord at all times. All right. And so what I was trying to say was this, is that, yes, yeah, sometimes it's easy to praise God in the good times. But I know some people, honestly, that they don't really worship and praise in the good times. They do it when their life's falling apart. And then in the good times, they kind of forget about God and then kind of go about their business. I've seen both sides of this. But David obviously had the balanced approach. I will praise the Lord at all times, good or bad, rain or shine, you know, whatever is going on, I'm going to be praising the Lord at all times. And, you know, I, one thing that... It, a lot of people, are, yeah, well, I'll, I'll praise them when I make it through this situation. I'll, I'll, you better bet I'll be up there giving God praise. Well, hey, if you're going to wait until you've got the victory before you praise God, that may never come for you. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the Israelites, think about this. And, and, uh, and um, when they were walking around the battle, uh, the walls of Jericho, Joshua chapter 6, we're not turning there, but they're going around, and what does the Lord command them to do? To shout to praise, to shout, and somebody would look at it like, what are those fools shouting and praising about? They've got 50-foot walls in front of them. And God said, hey, listen, if you're going to wait until the walls come down to shout and praise, they're never coming down. But the Lord told these guys that those walls are going to come down because of your shouting and praising. And so I'm just encouraging us, what David said right here, 
I will praise the Lord at all times. If things are really, really good in your life right now, you better be praising God that they are so good. Amen. If things are not where they need to be, you better start praising God right now for the great things that he's already done, for who he is. And listen to me, those walls will come tumbling down. Who knows the old song? A Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. Okay. You know, I'm finding out. That there's more, there's so many people in California, in my opinion, that, that you didn't hear these children's songs when you were growing up. And so we got to, I'm just thinking, man, we're going to have to start doing like, Father Abraham had many sons. Who knows it? Come on. Had many sons had Father Abraham. <laughs> all right. No, stop. All right. That's, <laughs> but I was on the youth group trip and I'm singing that song and all these kids are looking at me like I'm just a fool. And I'm like, you don't know Father Abraham? Father Abraham? Where'd you grow up at, man? And so you got to know. Yeah, anyway, that's another story for another day, but you got to know some of these songs, and I've got a slew of them. So if you're interested, hit me up later. I'll, I'll teach you some songs, all right? But he, you can write this down. We're not turning there. Hebrews 13, 15 tells us that we are to offer the sacrifice of praise. And I can tell you that sometimes praising God is a sacrifice because you don't feel like doing it. And a sacrifice is when you, it costs you something, right? If I'm sacrificing of my time, then that means I'm giving up something that I I could have used that time for something else, but I'm going to sacrifice. And when I sacrifice, it stretches me, and sometimes it hurts a little bit, and, and, and it costs me something. When I give the sacrifice of praise, I'm praising God, and I don't feel like it right now. It's costing me something. It's stretching me out of my comfort zone. And so I can tell you that those times when you're like, I just don't feel like going up there and praising God right now. Man, I just, uh, I just, I can't, I, I don't feel like it. That's the exact time that you need to make yourself lift those hands, open that mouth, and praise God. That's the sacrifice of praise. And when we sacrifice for the Lord, oh man, there is blessing in the sacrifice. But there's times that I do not feel like praising God, but I will make myself praise God during those times. And that is the sacrifice of praise. Now, listen to me. Praising God, it gives you life. It, it, it does something on the inside of you. Have you noticed that? That you may just, I, I, I'm, I'll talk about myself. When I begin to praise God, if I am down and out and depression and doom and gloom is trying to hit me, I go to praising God. And it pulls me out, oh my gosh, every single time. I praise God, man. And, and, and I will lift my hands and, and I will praise God. And whatever it is, whatever that that heaviness is that's on me, it begins to lift. Because when I praise, I get into his presence. And the enemy cannot come in to the presence of God. He runs into that wall and falls flat on his behind. He's not allowed in there. And so if you don't feel like it or if you feel down and out and, and depression, praise God. Open your mouth. Give the sacrifice of praise. And watch those chains begin to fall off. I am so serious right now. You need to know that. That is a key to your victory and to your breakthrough. And I, you know, I, I usually, for me, I love the, the modern songs. And, I, you know, that's, I love it. 
but I, I've just got old songs in my heart that come out, and it's from, and it, it means something to me, and I sing those, and it just does something to, 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 to melt the enemy away. I don't know how to put that, but, but when we sing from our heart, that's, well, that's what I'm talking about, praising God from your heart. Pastor Katie had some young ladies volunteering in the office the other day, and, and I just, I, I, you're going to think I'm a nerd, and you would be right. But at the same time, I, you know, I walk around, and I've got on my phone all the time, nearly all the time, I play just old hymns. And it's just piano, you know, just the piano. And I'm walking around, and I'm not paying any attention, and I'm just constantly, why? Because, well, I feel like a lot of those older songs to me, they were a lot more meaningful, in my opinion, and probably more word-based than a lot of modern things. But anyway, you know, I sound like an old fogey. I'm just speaking my heart tonight. And so, as I just, I've got this music constantly going, and, and it just does something, man. It, it's hard to get me in a bad mood, because I've constantly got that just the presence of God going on through praising and worshiping. And so, you know, all these 19, 20-year-old girls, Pastor Katie, what's he, what's he listening to? And she, you know, well, he, he walks around listening to hymns all day long. <laughs> and, and I'm just telling you, it may seem weird, but, oh, my gosh, it's not weird when you've got the presence of God in your life and you just consistently you know, know that he's right there. It's a beautiful thing. And so David praised and David worshiped all the time. And I encourage you that it's something that you really need to do. And I oftentimes, I was just thinking about this the other day, dad, you know, as uh, growing up, uh, I, I talk about my dad reading the Bible all the time. And he did hours a day. And we would go on vacation and, you know, we'd be wanting to go out, you know, to the amusement park or do whatever. But hey, Bible first. And you're like, well, I don't think you should do that to your kids. And like, I think you should do that to your kids. I think your kids ought to know that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he comes first. Give us this day our daily bread. Whether I'm on vacation or I'm at home or I'm at work. And I mean, they did nothing but good for me. But I talk about that commitment to the word. But another thing, you know, I got to thinking like my I say this respectfully, my father's not known for his singing abilities, right? I, I say that respectfully, that's no secret. Most people know that the man is anointed and powerful, but the man cannot sing. Okay, Sabrina also cannot sing, right? Okay, and so, but here's the thing. Oh, ye of bad singing. Uh, listen, my dad, as much as he read the Bible, the man was constantly singing all the time. Praises to God, like all the time. And it didn't matter that he couldn't sing because he, he wasn't singing for us. He was singing for God, right? And so if, if I'm singing, they're like, well, I don't like the way you sing. Well, that doesn't matter. I wasn't singing for you. I was singing for Jesus. And so he, all the we'd be driving in the car. Usually, I mean, for my entire 37 years of life, now it's the same three or four songs on repeat. But still, you know, it's beautiful. And, and oh, the blood of Jesus. And always singing that. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And he's singing these songs all the time. And he's praying in tongues through Walmart all the time, too. But all this stuff, and you're like, man, what is, you know, that's a different type of an upbringing. But wow, what a blessing that my dad read the word and I guess nearly equally, whether any of us realize it or not, praised God all the time. Now, I mean, this, this phrase came to me a few years ago. You know, I don't felt the Lord speaking to me, hey, check your praise pulse. 
And I'm like, what? Well, listen, one of the first things you're going to do if you're checking for signs of life is you got to check the pulse. Is that the right spot? I don't know. Check the pulse. And so you check the pulse to see if there's signs of life. And, you know, all around us, everywhere, we see Christians and, hey, they may be, uh, you know, the lights may be on, but no one's home, so to speak. There are no signs of life. And, and I, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, well, if you feel like you're just in a dry place, you just don't feel it anymore, check your praise pulse. Have you been really praising God lately, or have you just gotten so used to it all, gotten in the habit, gotten in the routine, that you don't really praise the Lord anymore? You need to be reading the Bible every day. I mean, yes. You need to be praying every day. Yes. But you need to be praising God every day. If the only time that you sing to Jesus is within these four walls, that's not good enough. And I'm just telling you that right now. And you may think that that's crazy, but the New Testament tells us that we're supposed to be singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs all the time. And so I encourage you to get into the habit of praising and worshiping God. I'm just serious, man. If you feel dry, if you feel calloused and hard, and, and, and start praising God. It'll do something for you, man. It's like some good lotion in the wintertime. Amen? Uh, go to Psalm 150, please. Psalm 150. My illustrations are falling flat this evening, and I apologize. Psalm 150. I'm going to tell... Nah, never mind. I was going to tell it. Tell a story, but I'm not going to tell. Psalm 150. Should I tell the story? All right, I'm going to tell the story. So <laughs> one time it was winter time, and I don't use lotion until, bless God, I need lotion because I'm a man. And so my hands, literally, they're cracking open and bleeding before I put lotion on. And my wife's like, put lotion on. I'm like, we're almost there. We're getting there. You know, I can barely use this hand. So I came up to get some lotion in the back there. And I'm like, hey, Cletus, my hands are all chapped. And he's like, not to be mean, brother, but how can you even tell? I was like, oh, <laughs> some of you get that. It was funny. It was funny. It was just a little between me and Cletus. All right. Now it's between me and Cletus and the whole world. But, hey, I got you. <laughs> all right. Psalm 150, uh, verses 1 through 6. Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. Now, this is, this is the finale of Psalms right here. This is the last chapter. Now, it doesn't say who the author is. But I, by, by reading it, I just think that David wrote this psalm. But, you know, hey, uh, I guess we'll find out when we get to heaven. But Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6, and here's how we know, man, that David didn't believe in quiet church. David didn't believe in just everybody, you know. No, he, he, David liked the volume turned up. If his amp went to 10, hey, he made it go to 11, right? Come on, somebody. Look at verse 1, Psalm 50. We're going to read the whole thing. Verse 1, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary, amen, at the church. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of the cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. And if you've heard me play the drums, it's loud clanging cymbals. Amen. All right. Verse 6. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Amen. Praise the Lord. It'll loosen your life up. And I know this much that 
praise defeats the enemy. It's a big weapon for you, praising God. And so let's look at verse 56, Psalm, excuse me, chapter 56. Let me know when you find the 56th verse of Psalm 150. But until then, let's turn to chapter 56. All right. So Psalm 56, and we're going to look here at verses, uh, at verse 4 and then verses 9 and 10. But Psalm 56, and I love praising God, man. I, I like going to a loud church. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, that's what I do. It's what I like. I like, I like loud. I like upbeat. Now, I appreciate the times for silence and, and being still and know that I am God. That is absolutely biblical. But you got to have some, yeah, some loud times, right? Uh, we went to, um, oh gosh, back in 2010 or 11, uh, we went, uh, the, 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 the Clippers team, the basketball team was having a worship night, or excuse me, a faith day. And, hey, they asked me to help plan it. And I was like, yeah, this is so cool. And so uh, they said that if you could, and, well, I won't go into that story, but I'll just say this, that out of all the churches that were involved, we brought the biggest crowd right here from Barstow. It was crazy. And so, and because of that, they rewarded me and my brother Joseph with courtside seats. And that was really nice. But we, for, um, for part of the day, they were going to have a worship event out on the balcony. I mean, it really cool just overlooking, you know, the city and all this stuff. And so we had a guy up there uh, um, playing worship and, and all this. And, you know, a lot of people are just sitting there like, you know, doing their thing, just worshiping. But then, you know, the crazy Barstow Pentecostal people, we're just like, man, getting into it. And my kids are singing and dancing and Joel's about to jump off the balcony of the Staples Center. And the guy that's playing and singing is like, I, you can always tell who the Pentecostal kids are right there. And I'm like, yeah, that's us, <laughs> you know. We get into it, man. We, we just, we love Jesus. We love to praise. And so that's how David was. But Psalm 56, verse 4, he says, I praise God. I praise God for what he has promised. Do you praise God for what he's promised to you? You better, man. You've got promises from his word. And if you're very close to him at all, you've got promises in your heart that he's spoken to you. You need to praise God for what he's promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Look, look at verses 9 and 10. David says, my enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know, God is on my side. Amen? You need to know that. And then verse 10, I praise God. There he says it again, for what he has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. And so you're going to see the word praise all over the Psalms, especially the ones that David wrote. And I like the results that David got. And if I want to, I want to be like him, man, I want to be like him. And so I know that I'm going to need to praise God all the time. Well, I don't feel like it. Oh, that's the best time to do it. Amen. That's the best time to praise him. All right. I need to get on to point number two because I'll just keep going on, on that all night long. But number two is this. Prayer is a key piece of the puzzle. And so number one, praise is a key piece of the puzzle. But as we continue to look at Psalm 34, we're going to discover that prayer is also a key piece of the puzzle. And so flip back over there to Psalm 34, chapter 34. Let's do this. Who's starting to love Psalm 34? So Psalm 34, 
and we're going to look at verses 4 through 6. And we're going to see how, what David did next. And so he starts off the whole chapter by saying, hey, I'm, I'm praising God. But then look, at, look what he moves to here next. Verse 4, David says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. Who could say that, man? You prayed to God and he answered you. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, what I do, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. That is some beautiful stuff right there. He saved me from all my troubles. And so David clearly points out here what we already know, but it's this, is that the Lord answers prayer. Now, oftentimes we think of David and we think of the battles he fought, and we would say that David was fearless. He was fearless. Well, right here he just said, hey, I was afraid because the Lord freed me from all my fears. And so David was something that he wasn't fearless. He was courageous. And, and, and he was brave. And you're like, well, what's the difference? I thought, man, you know, everybody that's brave is fearless. No, if you're fearless, then, hey, good for you. That's good. But somebody that's brave or courageous, they have fear trying to get a hold of them, but they push through that fear, and they're courageous at that point. If you're just fearless, you know, if you're just doing stuff that, you know, is no big deal, no, no fear, nothing, I mean, that's great. That's awesome, but you're not brave. You're not courageous. It's just, you know, you're doing it, and that's, that's awesome for you. But by David's own words here, no, fear was trying to get a hold of him, and he prayed to God Almighty, and the Lord freed him from all of his fears. Now, again, we preach heavily against breaking through that spirit of fear, absolutely. But we know that the enemy will try to put fear on you at some point, no matter who you are. He'll try to hit you with fear at some point. But David knew how to get through that. Now, I mentioned this earlier, but the heading of this chapter, at least in my NLT Bible, I know each, you know, your new King James or whatever will word it slightly different. But it says that this is a Psalm of David regarding the time he pretended to be insane in front of Abimelech who sent him away. And so I want you to hold your spot in Psalm 34 and quickly turn to 1 Samuel 21. 1 Samuel 21. You with me still? All right. And so what we have here is just another time that, man, David was in a bad spot. And, uh, and so what we've got here is Saul was chasing David yet again, as he always was. So David went to the priest, Elimelech, who helped him, helped him out, and then sent him on his way. But David ends up in this area called Gath. And it seemed like the king of Gath was going to just turn David over to his enemies. You know, like, hey, you know what? We don't want no trouble. And so he was going to simply turn David over to his enemies. And so here's what we have. I mean, here we've got the man that's been anointed to be the next king of Israel. The man that killed the giant that scared everybody else. We've got a man a, a manly man, an esteemed man, a, a famous man right here. And here's what happens to him. Psalm, or excuse me, yeah, 1 Samuel 21 and verse 12. 
So he, he hears the king's going to turn him over. David heard these comments and was very afraid of what King Asius of Gath might do to him. So he pretended to be insane, scratching on doors and drooling down his beard. And I'm like, what? I mean, how? Can you think of how demeaning that would be? How embarrassing that would be that here you are, God's made all these big and grand promises, and yet you're running for your life, and you're reduced to the level of having to pretend like you're a crazy man just to survive. And I know a lot of us are like, God's given you big promises. He's put big things in your heart. And you're like, why hasn't it happened yet? I feel like the enemy's chasing me down. And, and yeah, man, the, you may, <laughs> David was getting chased by the enemy right here. But we know what happens. Let, let's keep reading here. And so finally King Asius said to his men, must you bring me a madman? They're like, hey, here's that, here's that David guy. And they're like, this isn't David. This is a crazy guy. We already have enough of them around here. Why should I let someone like this be my guest? No, get him out of here. And so David's little scheme, his little plan, as embarrassing as it was, it worked. And he's like, yeah, it's just another crazy homeless guy. Get him out of here. And he kicked David out. And David survives it. And he goes on to write Psalm 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. (laughs) I will bless the name of the Lord at all times times. And so as I'm reading this, a few things jump out at me, is, and it's this, is that sometimes the Lord will deliver you in unconventional ways. You ever thought about that? That we look back and like, man, I really thought that this was going to happen. And, and then you're like, oh, wait, no, God did rescue me. It's just not how I thought he was going to do it. And, and I, I enjoy that, that God does things in a different way than what I had originally pictured. Now, I realize David probably didn't like having to do this, but it worked. And he wrote an incredible psalm out of it. But sometimes God answers our prayers in ways that we didn't picture. Have you, are you mature enough to realize that yet? I mean, some of you may not get that, but listen to me. Sometimes God answers the prayer, but it was in a totally different way than what you had pictured. And if we're not wise enough, if we're not mature enough, the answer to our prayer could be right there, and we're, and we're overlooking it because we're like, no, 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 that couldn't be it. I, I, no, I got this. And I'm going to tell a story that most of you know, but it's just the best example. And it's the, it's the story of this man that there was a flood coming, right? And so uh, the, the, everyone's, you know, people come and knock on his door and like, hey, uh, just in case you heard, there's a, there's a flood coming. Everyone's supposed to get out of here, supposed to evacuate. No, God's going to rescue me. I'm, I'm waiting on God, man. Forget you. And then the floodwaters start to rise, and so next thing you know, he's up on, you know, up on the porch, and, and some rescuers come in a boat, and like, hey, hop in the boat. We're here to help you get you out of here. It's getting bad. No, no, I don't need your stinking boat. God's going to rescue me. He's going to provide a way. And then next thing you know, he's up on the next level, and more guys come. Get out of here. And finally, he's up clinging to the chimney, and a helicopter flies by. And, and they're like, get in, get in the chopper. It's the only way out to hit. And so, you know, they're, you know, get in. And, and he's like, I don't need you. God's going to answer my prayers. God is going to rescue me. And next thing you know, the man dies. And he's standing up in heaven. And he's like, God, what in the world? Where were you? You promised to take care of me. I prayed and I would believe that you were going to answer my prayers. What happened? And he's like, 
I answered your prayers. I sent people to knock on your door. I sent two boats. I sent a helicopter to answer your prayer. And you ignored every answer that I sent. And I know so many people, God promised. Where's my answer? What's going on? And the answer is probably right there in front of your face. But you're looking for some other way. You had some other whatever you envisioned, whatever you pictured in your mind that it was going to happen. And God's sending the answers all around you. But, oh, no, 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 I'm waiting on God. And God's knocking on your door. Man, hey, here's your answer. I know you were expecting it to come from over here, but I wanted to do it this way. Who are we to say that God's not answering our prayers, for one, but who do we think we are that God's got to do it our way? I don't care how the healing comes. I just believe that it's going to come, amen, that, that the price is paid. So if I need to take medicine for it, praise God. I give God the praise if I get healed through medicine. If I get uh, hands laid on me through the gifts of the Spirit and I get healing instantly, I praise God for it that he answered my prayer. If I get hands laid on me, then I got to go home and stand on God's word and quote scriptures and speak the word and fight the good fight of faith. Hey, I don't care how the healing comes. I give God praise anyway. Amen. And I'm not going to tell him how he better do it. And so I encourage you that prayer is a key piece of the puzzle. But you need to realize that his answers could come in any incredible way. And don't tell him how to do it. and Don't put him in a box. If he sends a boat to rescue you, get in the dang boat. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say dang in sermons. If he sends a helicopter, you know, Get in the choppa. Get in there. Come on, man. Quit trying to, you know, be your own God. Let God be God. All right. Let's close out after I butchered that with one final verse this evening, my friends. Psalm 34 and verse 17. Psalm 34 and verse 17. But I I was just asking myself, how many times has God sent the answer to our prayers and we, we just flat out overlooked it? Didn't, you know, we overlooked it. And, and, and missed out on what God was trying to do. Psalm 34, and I'm going to close out with verse 17. And I highly encourage you to read this entire chapter. I mean, read it tonight, read it tomorrow morning, read it all the time. Read Psalm 34, and we will be coming back to it uh, before the summer's over, I promise you that. But Psalm 34, verse 17, what an awesome verse. It says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. And I don't know if God hears me. Oh, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. And he rescues them from all their troubles. How many troubles does he rescue us from? Does God hear me when I call to him for help? I know sometimes, well, I don't think he hears us. Well, I've read so many stories. I even looked it up this morning. But they've proven time and time again that mom, a mom, if there's a room full of a hundred crying babies, mama can hear and identify her baby out of a hundred crying babies. And also they statistically found that men that spend time with their children, they've proven scientifically, they can also identify their own babies, Christ. That's really cool too. But, but, you know, think about us, you know, as parents, like we, we know, all right, when, when, when our, when it's our kid crying or, or when it's our kid saying, Hey mom, you know, we, we can tell. And sometimes in all the noise and the crazy of this world, you may be tempted to think, I don't even feel like God's answer. I don't feel like he's scaring me. I don't know what's going on. 
If you can tell your child's cry, God the Father can tell his child's cry. And he knows what's up. He knows what's going on. He answers. Oh, he answers. And he rescues us from all of our troubles. I just strongly encourage you tonight that as you're praying, as you're praising and all that, that the answer you may have been believing, it may be right there. You may just be overlooking it because you pictured some other thing. I don't know. I just feel like God's trying to tell somebody that tonight. And so I encourage you with that. And as we close down Psalm 34 for the evening, two big pieces to the puzzle of your victory are praising God and praying through this thing. Amen. All right. Well, we better call it quits tonight. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together. The Lord is good. Oh, he is good. How often should you praise God? At all times? All right. Amen. We will praise the Lord at all times. We will constantly speak his praises and he does hear our cries. Amen. All right. Well, if you're here tonight and you need prayer for anything at all, we want to pray for you. We want to be there for you. And maybe you've got something going on and, and you're like, I need some answers. Well, perhaps you should just praise God from your seat right there. Amen. You may get your answer simply through praising the Lord. But let's take a few minutes. If you need prayer for anything at all, we'll have Greg close us out in some worship here. But we encourage you to come on up tonight. Amen. stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you're working 
stop, you never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop, you never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. Praise the Lord. Who knows that he is the way maker, the miracle worker. Hallelujah. Well, remember those two things tonight. That wasn't that wasn't complicated. Praise and prayer. Amen. And I highly recommend and encourage you to read Psalm 34. It is pure dynamite. It is fire and it'll light you up every day. I love it. All right, well, let's go ahead. We are going to close out in prayer tonight. If you haven't registered for the church pool party, I would uh, go to back to the info booth, get that QR code and register. And that way, if we need to tell them to have more employees there to cover the pool, then they'll have them for us. Amen. So anyway, register. It's Monday, and uh, you don't want to miss out on that. All right, let's go ahead and raise our hands tonight. Let's do that. You know, uh, <laughs> Paul said that men everywhere ought to raise their hands in prayer. And so I like to raise my hands when I pray sometimes. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And, Lord, we know it's the absolute truth. If David could praise God while he was getting hunted down like a dog from his enemies, Lord, we can praise you with anything we've got going on. We will praise you at all times. And just like David also said, I prayed to the Lord, and he freed me from all my fears, Lord, that you deliver us from all trouble when we bring it to you, Father. So I thank you that you're working in our lives in a great way tonight. Help us to take this word and and, and, and not only hear it, but to be doers of the word that we've heard tonight. We love you, Jesus, so much. You're, you're so much better than what we deserve, God. But we, we love you and we thank you for your grace in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? All right, let's close out and do our Barstow Faith Confession. Let's say it. There, the Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go.